In Parshas Yisrael is the famous Ten Commandments, the Aserus Adibros. And if you want to ever stump somebody, <coughs> who, especially someone who thinks that they have had some Jewish education, and hopefully we all have, ask them what's the Aserus Adibros, ask them what's the Ten Commandments, can they list them? One of those kind of trick questions, which uh, interestingly enough, as powerful and important as they are to the entire world reality, they're not known all that well. Anyway, but I'm not here to get a little devoured about quizzing, but what I do want to discuss is a structure, an idea, a very important idea that the Maharal brings about the Aseris Adibros. So everyone knows pretty much that the first five are considered Bein Adon Lamakam, between Hashem and man and Hashem, and the second are Begon Lamakam, between man and fellow man. <coughs> it's what's interesting, the Maharal points out, is the structure of how they each work. If you start with the first five, between Ben Olam between man and Hashem. So the first one is believe in Hashem, no other gods, don't take Hashem's name in vain, Shabbos, and Kibar Aveim. All right, that's the basic, the basic rundown. And then the other five start with don't kill, don't commit adultery, don't kidnap, um, don't testify falsely, and don't covet, don't desire that which belongs to your neighbor, his wife, his property, etc. Now, the Maharal points out a fascinating um, movement and pattern in this. If when, when we talk about a relationship to Hashem, most of us just assume that it's about faith. You know, you believe in Hashem, like that's what it's about. Right? The question is, does that have to translate into any sort of specific reality? And the other way, when we talk about mitzvahs between Adam Lechavero between man and his fellow man. So we know, you know, be a good person. That's the name of the game. And like probably the worst thing a person could do is to kill somebody, right? That would be the ultimate, like not being a good person kind of thing. So of course there are many other things, but the question is, does it stay there? Just you know, don't do bad things. Is that is that enough? So the Maharal says that when it comes to both sides, ben onu lechavero, ben onu lemokam, excuse me, between ourselves and Hashem, and our and Ben Adon Lechavero, ourselves and fellow man, there's a movement, there's a pattern. And he explains as follows. A person, of course, knows when it comes to believing in Hashem, he has to, he has to uh, express that belief in his thoughts. But what about how does it play out in his speech? How does it play out in his action? So the Maharal says that it has to go deeper. It's not just enough to lay, keep it in his mind and in his heart. It has to turn into a function of his very being. And therefore, he's not allowed to testify, they're not allowed to use Hashem's name in vain, because his speech has to reflect that godliness. And he also has to keep Shabbos, and he has to honor his parents. He has to see that his parents are partners in creation. He has to see that life is connected to Hashem, and that his very existence is connected on a very physical way, and that that also has to have an expression of respect and honor that has to go to his parents. That's one side of the picture. All right, so there it goes. Therefore, it goes from thought to speech to action. If we go the other way, between man and his fellow man, so we flip it, which means it starts with that which we understand is not to do bad things, not to hurt somebody, and but it doesn't stay there. If a person leaves his connection between man and his fellow man as just, you know, don't be a bad person, don't hurt people, well, that's not what the Torah wants of us. The Torah wants of us to go much deeper. And therefore, 
a person with, with his fellow man, he's not allowed to testify falsely because his words also have to reflect a, a special relationship between himself and his fellow man. And not only that, but even his thoughts have to go there. So he's not allowed to covet, he's not allowed to desire that which doesn't belong to him. He has to desire only, he has to know that whatever is coming to him, that's what's coming to him. But anything else, the wife, property, etc., that's not his. So it's not enough that it just has this you know, element of, oh, don't be a, you know, a bad, you know, don't be a bad person, you have to be a good person, don't hurt anybody, etc., uh, and surely not to kill, but it has to go deeper, it has to go into his words, it has to go into his thoughts. So here you have a fascinating pattern of, that when it comes to our relationship between Hashem, between man and Hashem, it starts with thought, it goes into speech, and then it goes into action. And when it comes to, between man and fellow man, it starts with action, goes to speech, and then turns into thought. So in the entire picture of what the relationship is that we're supposed to have, both between ourselves and Hashem, and between ourselves and our fellow man, is a much more profound picture. It's not just, oh, I have to believe in Hashem. No, it has to take itself an expression, a complete, total um, reflection of who man is, his thoughts, his speech, and his deeds. And when it comes to dealing with other people, it's not good enough just to be not hurting people. It has to also be reflected, but going the other way, from his deeds to his speech to his thought. And that's the total picture of what the Asaras the difference that the, the Ten Commandments are trying to teach us, that the morale is telling us that that's a deeper view and a much more global and a much more profound view of what the message is all about.